Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Power Your Life, and I'm Joanne White, and it's always a pleasure to be here. So hopefully, wherever you are in the world and whatever time it is, you're safe and having a beautiful day or a beautiful evening. Speaking of beautiful, oftentimes we want to be in a work or career that really makes us feel good, that really brings out who we are and our strengths and and our talents, and oftentimes we don't get there. Well, we're going to talk to somebody today who actually has pursued a career that I believe he loves, and this is a career in the arts. And I'm talking about Stephen Croce, who is an actor and a writer known for Transporter 3, Au Revoir, My Paris Heart, Platoon, and more. He's been making a living in the arts since graduating from Stockton St. University in 1981, and his latest film called Highlighters, in which he stars as Detective Hal Graves, is now viewing on Amazon Prime. Welcome, Stephen. How are you? I'm doing very well, Joanne. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you this this afternoon. It's Uh, my pleasure. Everything's doing well on my end. I, uh, yeah. I, I, so uh, I wanted to, I wanted to just but take a look at things for a minute because you have done several films and this last film you're actually a star. But let's go back beforehand okay. in terms of what did you study acting in college? What made you want to go into acting, and where are you with that now? Well, that's a pretty interesting story. I actually uh, took a degree from Stockton in environmental science. Um, land use management was was my degree. And I was planning on taking a year off after graduation and applying to grad school to become a landscape architect. Um, but then in college, I... I've always sung. I've I've been singing since I was very, very young. I started taking voice lessons at eight um, from from a woman who actually gave Carol Burnett voice lessons many, many years ago. Um, So in college, I was singing also, and I sang with uh, a few different bands. And some people from the drama department my senior year happened to catch uh, one of the performances and approached me and asked me if I would audition for uh, their play, uh, a musical called Runaways by Elizabeth Swatos. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh, it's the story of 
runaway children in New York and what happens to them and where they come from and where they go to. Right. So I auditioned and I got one of the lead roles and I had a spectacular time doing it. I hadn't, I hadn't been in a play since high school. Um, and it was really great hanging out in the drama department and meeting all those people who they were at the opposite wing from the science section of Stockton State College at the time, now the university. So I, I'd never met them really. Um, and it just connected back up with my artsy side. Anyway, we did, uh, I think maybe a week's worth of shows. And after the last show, uh, some guy approached me and, um, I never did get his name and it's ridiculously bizarre because he made such an impact on my life. He said to me, uh, Stephen, I see you're, you're going to look for a career as a landscape architect architect. And I said, yes, that's, that's, that's my plan. And he said, well, you know, I think if you were to move to New York and give this business a try, you could be very successful. And so I thanked him and I, and I thought about it. And then upon graduation, I was thinking, well, take a year off or am I going to go right back to school or geez, do I take this guy's advice and try for it in New York? So I went to New York on a whim and the rest is history. I mean, I started off uh, my career as a chemist with the interstate sanitation commission, which I got through a stroke of luck. I met a, an old high school friend of mine on the streets of New York and he asked what I was doing up there. And I, told him I was looking to act. And he said, well, are you working? And I said, no. And he said, well, why don't you come and work for us? We're looking for another chemist. I went in and, and, and I met Joe Zacker, the guy who, uh, who ran the lab. And uh, it had been a while since I'd taken chem. I think you take your, your chem one and organic chemistry the first couple years of college. And chemistry was never a strong suit of mine. Anyway, I went in and he, uh, he had me go through the paces of titration and mixing agents and reagents, and I got the job. So uh, soon I was the rock and roll chemist singing my way through the lab and entertaining <laughs> those guys. And at lunch, I'd look out the window. We were on the sixth floor. Uh, and I'd look out and I'd see all these young people scurrying about the streets. And in my mind, they're all going to auditions. And I'm thinking, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? Uh, as we have it, Ronald Reagan decided to cut the program, and so we got we lost a lot of our funding. And since I was the last one hired, I was the first one to be let go. And I never looked back on on that kind of occupation again. I just started auditioning and doing what every young actor in New York seems to do: getting a job as a waiter or a bartender to uh, to do side work between between gigs. And that's how I came to be in the position I am today, for better or for worse. This unknown stranger, Jesus, 40-some years ago now, 40 years ago perhaps, who decided to tip me off to a life in the arts. You know, it's so interesting, though, because luck, talent, combination of the two, so many starving artists, like you said, are doing wait, waiting, waitressing, whatever. They don't always get that opportunity. They're going to a lot of auditions, and there's a lot of competition in the field, isn't there? I mean, so so what makes you stand out? Um, you know, I've asked myself that many times. Um, 
<laughs> and maybe I'm, I'm I'm not egotistical enough, but I'm I'm just entertaining. I mean, I before I really hurt my legs, I I've got many injuries throughout my life: uh, uh, ruptured patellar tendon, torn hamstrings, torn groins. I tap danced for a while, but then I lost that ability. So at one point, I was a triple threat, and I guess that stands out. Although uh, most recently when I was in New York, um, back uh, in January auditioning, everybody, it seems, is a triple threat now. It's, it's, it's incredible. I mean, the, the young town on Broadway, it's, 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 it's immense. It's mind-boggling how they're all so good. Um, but what made me stand out or makes me stand out, I think, is partly my talent, but partly my enthusiasm, my, my willingness to engage and to entertain. I mean, I've been entertaining my whole life. Um, back when I was eight and playing for the 80 pounders and the New York jets were winning the super bowl. Uh, some of their players had a commercial on TV. Um, I don't know if you remember it for score. It was a hair gel. I used remember. to play the grease bowl and I was just a fool, too blind to see. Score's the only one for me. And uh, they make me, the guys on the team, I used to sing it in the huddle before the games and after the games. That was just crazy. I've, I've always been the fourth of fifth children, the youngest son. I've always been, it seems to me, in the spotlight and, and a willing person to to show the world a good time. And, uh, you know, you also come from a musical family. I've heard is that you know how does that fit in with with your talent and with what you do? Was there competition or how does that work out? Well, I wouldn't say competition so much as uh, camaraderie. I mean, we. My father was very musical. He could play pretty much any instrument. Um, he played the accordion quite a bit. But uh, he came from a musical family. My Aunt Norma was an opera singer, as was my Uncle Fluji. Uh, my Uncle Nick was a great stride piano player, and they could all sing. Wow. Uh, so we grew up with a lot of music in the house. My oldest sister, Denise, is a professional actor and singer and has been for years. Uh, my brother's a percussionist. My two younger sisters can sing. But whenever we would sit around the house, Dinners, um, parties, whatever. We were self-entertaining. We we would sing and play. Um, and I've got several nephews and nieces that that sing and play different instruments. We are indeed. What did they used to call us? Not the Calsills. One of those. One of those family TV series where uh, where people were singing. The King family. I think it's the King family. Do you remember those? Nope. <laughs> okay. The King okay. family was a family that, that was always uh, known for their entertainment uh, and singing back in the 60s, I believe. You know, it's um, interesting because you, it's amazing that your your family has so much musical talent. How come they, they, your family never decided, like you're saying, a, a family that, that did that, that to go out together and perform, or did they? Well, now, here's an interesting question. Um, my my sister Denise has put together several uh, cabarets 
and uh, one woman shows where she enlisted the whole of the family. So we really have performed together on stage quite a few times. Uh, now, as far as taking the act on the road, you know, it never really occurred to me that you could have a career in the arts. My father uh, was a lawyer. Uh, my mother was a homemaker, and she held many jobs, uh, including serving a couple of terms in the New Jersey State Legislature. I think we were brought up to be more socially active and giving back to the community in, in that kind of way. And the arts were just something that we did because we were talented enough to do it, and and we we had a passion for it. But speaking strictly for myself, I, I never really thought of it as a career because it, it didn't seem to me at that point in my life to serve uh, enough of a social good. I mean, I've, I've always been interested in science. I uh, When I got to college, I became really green, um, and I wanted to help my fellow man in that respect, you know, uh, and I never, and I, you know, I, I, I think that's important. Sorry, I think that's important to and and to be able to do both is probably wonderful. I have another question. Um, sure. Because you you sort of fell into it, sort of, but with that person that said maybe you need to go into acting and and the way things worked out with in New York with <laughs> your job and 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 being laid off. How? How do you feel about acting now? Because now it's a different perspective, I would I would assume. And and what's your take on it? You've had some time to think about it. You've been in acting. You've been in film, and you've had this career. Where are you with with those thoughts now? Well, it's it's still my passion, and it's still my uh, my favorite way to make a living, um, whether it's acting on the screen, on the stage, uh, voiceovers. I've done a ton of voiceovers, uh, both uh, talking book, documentary, uh, dubbing, cartoon voices. Um, I, I just love doing that. It's, uh, it's, it's really rewarding to be able to create a character and portray it. And entertain people. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a born entertainer, um, and it's what gives me the most pleasure. You know, I, I mentioned um, wanting to help my fellow man by being green and trying to help the world in that respect. But I, I, I came to realize that, uh, you know, we're, we're only here once as far as I know. So you should really enjoy life and, and have fun living it, and I want to help people do that. You know, I, I want to be a source of joy for the world. How about that? Oh, no, I love that. I and I, and I appreciate that cuz that's part of what I like to do is is create joy and and make people feel good and laugh and and smile and shift their perspective. So I think that's that's all very wonderful. Let's shift gears a little bit and go into some of the films that you've been doing. I want to focus on the latest one, the highlighters, where you are first, tell our with Detective Hal Graves, tell our listeners what that's about because that's on now and everybody can watch that on Amazon. 
and just give us some information about you as the detective. Okay, great. I'd love to. Uh, and if when you're listening, whoever's listening out there, if you have Amazon Prime, I don't know if that's a plug for Amazon or not, but that's where the uh, the movie is playing. It's called Highlighters, and I play Detective Hal Graves, a career police officer who falls from grace uh, in an effort to help his estranged daughter out of a sticky situation. Um, his daughter gets herself caught up in a uh, a bad a bad drug deal, and uh, she gives Hal a call. And Hal's not spoken to her since uh, his wife and her mother died some ten years before. So he he goes to the to crime scene to try to help her out, and uh, he gets into a little bit of a trouble with uh, a little bit of trouble with the other other police officers who are there. He in an effort. He, he tries to pick up some evidence that she was there, uh, and I don't think I'm spoiling anything by saying that. And, yeah, uh, don't spoil then, too much. <laughs> if, we want it's our the people fallout listen. from there. It's the fallout from there, and it's uh, directed by uh, a guy named Sean Cranston, who I met on the filming. Um, I auditioned for it. Here's a crazy story. I auditioned for it via my iPhone. I just had someone... Uh, <laughs> record me and then I, I texted him or forwarded him the little iPhone audition and I got it. This is when I was living up in Rhinebeck, New York. The film is was filmed up in the Albany Troy area. Um let's see. It's uh it's it's a film noir. It is it is quite dark, uh and it involves also what is happening in the Albany and greater Albany area, um, as uh, the economy is shrinking up there and old buildings are crumbling down and people are moving out, um, it's really got a suspenseful end, and I'm not going to say anything more about it, but please do watch it and uh, give it a rating, because you can rate when you watch shows on Amazon Prime. Um, right. I have question because you're playing a detective that like you said Stephen falls from grace how does it feel to play somebody in that kind of a role that that you know it's not yeah just how does that feel because you have to get into the part yeah and and i hear what you're saying and it was the first time i've ever played a a mission a a bad sorry for the french there a uh a bad character. I mean, I usually play the comedy role and and the and Mr. Happy Go Lucky kind of thing. I mean, I've played broken hearts before, but never never a a, a mean guy. And Hal Graves, for all of his good qualities, does have some bad qualities. And I have to say that I really, really, really enjoyed it uh, because it's, it was a character <laughs> so far so far from myself that to, to find that dark side and play it. And play it quite convincingly because uh, I believe I did. Um, it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, I I think I think I play a really great bad guy now. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, it lets you vent a little bit, you know, because any any acting job, I believe, really comes from personal experiences or 
personal experiences that you didn't have that you consciously made a decision not to do. Um, and it was, it was nice to delve into that, into that dark side and, and get it out and recognize it and see it and then fold it back up and put it in its envelope and put it back inside. If that makes you know, sense to you. No, that makes perfect sense to me because we all have that side of us and, and, and maybe many people don't aren't aware of it or don't realize that or whatever, but that's a part of who we are. That's the balance. And to look at it could be really scary or, you know, take you through some life changes or whatever. But I think it's it's important to 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 look at it, to examine it, and recognize, hey, I don't want to go there. And if I if I pursue X, Y, and Z, that's going to lead me down that road. But acting exactly. with it, you have to kind of get into the role and and feel it and and play with it and and make it real for yourself and also for your audience so that it's it's believable. So where are you now in terms of acting? Are you ready to give it up? Are you ready to go do more? Oh. What what's your vision? What's your view? I'm 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 always ready to go to go do more. Um at the moment I'm uh, in a bit of a readjustment. I'd mentioned I was living up in in Rhinebeck, New York. I was up there for the last 8 years and uh I was working as a gardener up there full time and auditioning when I could down in New York City. I was, uh, in fact, my most recent near miss was uh, I auditioned for SpongeBob the Musical, and uh, <laughs> I was I was down to the the final three people to play Mr. Crab, um, but I didn't get it. But the, you know the acting world is so full of I was so close but no cigar. But it was nice uh, to get back there and and get that far in the process. A couple of years ago, I was on stage in Philadelphia doing uh, a play called The Divorcees Club, which was originally a French production. This was the first English translation in the States. I had done it at the Edinburgh Festival in 2005, the very first English translation. Um, and that was... That was quite a hoot. Uh, I played a woman by the name of Bridget. Um, and just to be on the stage for three months. And in the stage, I, I really enjoy doing film and TV. But live theater is is the best. Because you really feed off that energy from the uh, from the audience. But I How does it feel playing? Asked, uh, no, go ahead. Asked, I'll, I'll ask you after. What, what, uh, okay, what, what's happening now? Um I've just moved back. No, to the I was going to say, how does it how does it feel playing a woman? Because you're a man. How does I mean? I'm I'm trying to feel what that's like if I had to play a male role. Was that was that difficult? Um, no, <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> um, I, I I've got I've known several strong women in my life, both in my family and outside of my family. And as an actor, you're a keen observer uh, of what goes on around you. So I just took uh, many traits and uh, stole many actions from from the women that I know in my life, and and I, I used them. Uh, my my character was a very manly woman, so I didn't have to. Uh, it wasn't like I was being a drag queen or anything. 
Um, but it, it's fun to step into the opposite sex and, and try to see the world as they do uh, and, and try to to become become what they are. Uh, I, I, I wasn't always 100% successful, I guess, but, um, but it's, it's, it's not too hard. I mean, you have to be willing to bend. Look, uh, as, as an artist, you have to be willing to engage yourself in many ways, which probably a lot of people might shy away from because they feel uncomfortable uh, for whatever reason, how people might look at them, how they might feel about themselves. If, oh, my God, I can't believe I enjoy doing this. Um, I, I I played the Rocky Horror Picture Show in Germany back in the 80s, and I played Eddie and Dr. Scott. I don't know how familiar you are with that show. Um, but when I come on at the end as Dr. Scott and I throw the blanket off of my, my legs as I'm sitting on the wheelchair to reveal my pumps and fish stock, fishnet stockings, it was, it was a great moment. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. If that answers your question or not, I don't know. <laughs> well, I think, like you said, you have to be flexible. And, and again, you have to be flexible and really get into it, and you have to be real enough so that people believe the the character that you're playing is you know is real, and they and they can identify with that character they perform. Yeah, you, you have to you have to believe in yourself. But if I can just get back to you very quickly, um, what I'm doing now it, it's not acting, and I'm always looking for the next uh, acting gig. And it, early on in my life, uh, I was in New York and I was struggling, and I hadn't had a show. In, in months and uh, I was thinking well I can't be a waiter or a bartender forever and so I took a loan to go to school to become a uh, a sports broadcaster because I've always been into sports very much and I like doing play by play and color commentary and I took out the loan as soon as I picked up the loan I got home I got a call to do a show and so I took the loan back and I gave it to him and I did uh, <laughs> uh I think it was called Under Your Pillow, which was a, an original show off-Broadway broad, off down in the village. Um, and it was about Tooth Fairy meeting Mother Goose. But the, the, <laughs> I, the, the point I'm making is as soon as you – in my life, as soon as I've thrown in the towel and thought, okay, it's time to get, quote, unquote, a real job, something comes along that drags me right back into it. And uh, I think when you have the passion for entertaining that I do, any other job that you're doing is really just treading water until your next real job comes along, which is kind of funny when you consider that I never thought of this as a real occupation back when I was a young, young kid. And now it's the only real occupation that I can imagine myself doing. So it's a real 180 reversal, isn't it? Well, you know, I think that we're pulled or pushed or whatever in the direction that we need to be. That's my philosophy. And oftentimes it's a surprise, but as you get into it, which you have, it feels right and it's and it's rewarding and you and you're enjoying it. And to me, that's part of the magic of work is really loving and enjoying what you're doing and and also making a difference however you do that, whether it's in entertainment or service or, you know, whatever it is. What do, you, what, are, what do you think is the most challenging for you as an, as an actor, Stephen? 
the most challenging um, I guess the most challenging it, it depends on where you are certainly when you're on stage the most challenging aspect of it is to bring it fresh each night because it's so so easy to just almost go on automatic and, and deliver the lines by rote and not listen to what your fellow actors are saying on real as if it's the first time you're doing it. Uh, that's, that's the most challenging aspect uh, on stage. On, uh, on the small screen or in movies, I think the most challenging aspect is trying to stay focused through all the time when you're not filming. Um, because it's, as you know, when you're filming a film or a TV, but especially a movie, it shoots over weeks. So to stay in character and find that character and connect right back to where you were uh, when, the, when the director yelled cut and then action again, that's, that's the most difficult part for me there. Um, do you understand that? Make myself clear with that? Yeah, definitely. So I always thought that that how do you memorize those lines? Like being, you know, I've done I've done my TV show and and I've had to learn. I didn't memorize anything, but I had to really learn things about the people that I was interviewing, so that when I was on the show, it looked like it was so easy. But I spent a lot of time studying it. So, but what about memorizing it? Because you have to get the lines as per the writer or, or the director. Right. And well, the, the, uh, the thing about memorizing lines, I mean, everybody's got their little tricks, and I've got my little tricks. Um, but memorizing your lines has so much to do with listening to other people's lines. Now, unless you're delivering a monologue, in a monologue, you just have to be able to remember your lines, whatever you want to use to, to make yourself remember them. Some people do it better than others. Uh, I've worked with actors who memorize whole scripts, uh, everybody's lines, and you know they've got those minds. It's pretty amazing to me. But you, you have to listen to what your other actors are saying, and they will lead you into your lines. You have to know the whole scene. Um, you have to know everything about the play, everything about the other characters and about your character. And it helps you, it helps you memorize your lines, but it helps you deliver them more convincingly, I believe, because you're not just saying lines. We've all seen bad productions where it just seems like people are waiting for their cue and then they're delivering their line and then they're waiting for the next cue. And that's not acting, you know, that's not delivering any kind of performance. It's being, uh, part of the fabric of the whole. And when you immerse yourself into it like that, it becomes a lot easier to 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 know your lines and to get into your character. So it's all one. Much like life. You know, it sounds like when you're you're having a conversation with someone, somebody just wants to talk and not really pay attention so there isn't that excuse me, that back and forth dialogue. So that that makes sense the way the way you just described it. So what would you tell people who want to get into acting or or look at actors like, wow, I wish I could do that, but I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I have the talent. I don't know if I have the whatever it takes. Well, the only way you're ever going to find out if you're good enough at anything is to do it, you know, whether whether you're delivering bread in a truck, I don't know, uh, selling cars, 
uh, taking tickets. You you have to get out there and put yourself out there and, and really come on. That that's what life's about. You know, if you want to know what you're made of, no matter what you do, you got to put yourself on the line. You got to you got to be willing to to take uh, no as an answer. You got to be willing to fail. Um, the only way you're ever going to find out about yourself is to make yourself experience life to the fullest. And hey, that's what we're here for, right? What's the line? For right, the I totally life agree. And I also, it's I also think it's fun to be able to, to, to or adventurous to do something that you haven't done before. And I've done that numerous times and get to a place where, wow, I can do this and, and maybe I'm even good at it and I like it. You know, right. hello. Right. And you enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, so, there's Stephen, a line we only from have uh, a... MAME. Oh, go ahead. There's a line from MAME, which I'd like to quote you, and, and that is uh, life is a banquet and most poor bastards are starving to death. <laughs> you got to eat, you got to go out and, and take a big bite out of life. Or you're just skimming along the surface, you know. And who wants to ride the surface? You want to dig in deep. You want to you want to enjoy it. You want to experience it. You want to feel. You want to laugh. You want to cry. You want to dance. You want to sing. What's you know, I, I love that. And to me, that's so true. And and it's so important because even if something is fearful for you initially, just still get past that. Because sometimes on the other side of it can be the most rewarding and the most wonderful experience, but you never would know, like you said, if you don't try and don't immerse yourself into it. So so I think that's wonderful, and, and I love that. Tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you, find out more about your films, the one that's on Amazon, and, and anything else you want to share with us. Okay, uh, I'm on. I'm on uh, Facebook as Stephen Croce, as everybody else seems to be on Facebook these days. You can always uh, look me up there. Um, ask me for a friendship and tell me that you know me from this radio show, and I will definitely follow you back, and we can be friends there. Uh, I have an Instagram account. Um, uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on all the social media. Uh, I have an email address, which I'll share with you. And if you just put in the um, the subject area, Joanne White, or the radio show, I'll be sure to respond to you. And uh, my email address is S-T-E-P-H-E-N-C-R-O-C-E, just like my name, Stephen Croce, at Hotmail.com. And I also have an IMDB account. So if you uh, want to try to find me through that, you can find me through that. And once again, plug, 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 tune in to uh, <laughs> Highlighters on uh, Amazon Prime, and then rate it and tell me what you think. If you watch it, get a hold of me any, any one of those ways I just gave you. Uh, I think my my uh, my Instagram account is Camerhead. That's one of them, Camer Crow, Camerhead. Look up my name and you'll find it. Stephen Croce, I'm never far away. <laughs> I love it. Stephen Croce, do you have any parting words for our listeners before we end? Um, enjoy the spring. It looks like the good weather's finally come. Get outside, get in the fresh air. 
have a great summer. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Doctor, for having me on. Thank you, Joanne, for having me on. Um, yeah, parting words, go out and enjoy life. We got one. We got one, so make the most of it. You never know when it's going to end. There thanks so much. Thanks so much, Stephen Croce. Have a beautiful day, and thanks for being on the show. Okay, thank you so much. I look forward to talking to you soon, Joe. My pleasure. Take care. So think about what what Stephen Croce said, because it's so important to immerse yourself in life, to really enjoy life, and it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you're washing dishes, whether you're walking a dog, acting, doing something to help change the world, make the world greener, whatever it is, do whatever you need to do with gusto and with determination and also have some fun at it because it's important to enjoy ourselves. I think, as Stephen said, Stephen Croce said, is that's one of the reasons we're here, and I totally believe that and live that too. Think about why this show is called Power Your Life, because you have the ability, the wherewithal, the strength within you to power your life. Even if you're taking one step, do that today to move yourself forward into feeling better about who you are, doing something maybe that you've never done before, and take a chance on you. If you want to get a hold of me, you can go to Joanne at docwhite.org or go to my website, drjoannewhite.com. And remember, make today beautiful because you are. Thanks for joining us and have a beautiful day wherever you are. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.